Welcome to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. We're here to bring you helpful information from leading experts and give you effective tools and support. I'm Jason Grigla, a licensed counselor and founder of Techie for Life, a specialized mentoring program for neurodiverse young adults. And I'm Debbie Grigla, a certified life coach. And maybe most importantly, we're also parents to our own atypical young adults. Friends, hello, welcome. I am so glad to have you joining me here. I want to talk to you about how to boost your child, your teen, or your young adult's resilience. My sister-in-law, Shanna Stubbs, is really good at helping kids learn how to ride a bike. And she has a special technique that she uses for why she's so effective. And she gave me permission to share this with you. She was telling us about how she saw her little neighbor girl trying to learn how to ride her bike. She was struggling and was nervous and apprehensive and but really wanted to ride, but just was, was having a hard time with it. And so she went over to her and she's like, hey, I can see that it looks like you're trying to learn how to ride your bike. And the little girl's like, yeah. And she's like, it's kind of hard, isn't it? She, yeah. She's like, I know you're learning how to ride your bike, but do you know how to fall off your bike? And the little girl looks at her like, what? What do you mean? I'm trying to learn how to ride it, not fall off of it. And Shanna says, yeah, it's really important. The first thing you want to learn if you're going to learn how to ride a bike is to, to know how to fall off of it. And so she practiced with this little girl how to fall off of it safely. And they did it over and over and over. And you could see, she's like, you could just see the confidence in this little girl as she discovered that, that she can fall off the spike and be okay. This is so brilliant on so many levels. When your child, teen, or young adult isn't afraid of failing, isn't afraid of falling off the bike, which they all fail a lot, okay? Our children, our teens, our young adults, they fail a lot. And they fail even more when they struggle with disabilities, the extra struggles that come with being autistic or an ADHD or, or neurodivergent. But when they are not afraid of failing, they're going to have more resilience to eventually succeed at hard things, scary things. They're going to be willing to try more things and try harder and for longer. And when they don't have good resilience, when they have low resilience, they're just so much more likely to give up quickly or even refuse to try in the first place. So boosting their resilience, their stress tolerance, their pain tolerance, their discomfort tolerance, it leads to more development, more success, and to a lot more fun because it's fun to learn how to do things. But we need to understand and always remember that our brains need to feel safe to try so that we can actually develop. They, they have to feel safe. And our brains don't feel safe if they can only feel good if they perform well. If our brains need to feel safe to be willing to try new things or to try and keep out hard things. Our brains have to feel safe to be able to develop, to be able to learn skills. If you're terrified and you get on a bike, you're going to fall. Like your brain is not going to be able to think about the nuances of learning balance and how to 
steer and pedal and do all these different things if your brain can only think, I'm not safe, I'm in danger, I'm going to fall, this is bad, 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 bad. We cannot develop when we don't feel safe. And so I want to talk to you about some of the more nuanced things that play into this when it comes to resilience. We, your child will not feel safe if they can only feel good if they perform well. If we only praise them when they do well. If it's all about doing well, they're not going to feel safe to try. And if your happiness is tied to them doing well, that's going to feel very unsafe to your child. If my parent is only happy if I succeed and only celebrates the success and is really focused on the success, that feels scary. That feels threatening. I might disappoint my parent. I might be thought of less less than in their eyes. And that feels really dangerous and scary to a child, to a teen, to a young adult. If our focus is on their performance and doing it right, we have created a lot of insecurity and danger in the whole process. And the flip side of that is if we get upset at them when they do things wrong, you're sending the message, it's not safe to try. It's, it's not safe to make mistakes. If I get upset because you did it wrong and I've told you a hundred times and you keep doing it wrong and why aren't you listening to me? Why can't you get it? You are sending the message that it is not safe to make mistakes. So why even try? A lot of our autistic and our neurodivergence, they need a lot of repetition, a lot of practice. They need it taught and broken down more. They don't just naturally get certain things. And they can know what they're supposed to do or or how they're supposed to do it. But then to actually have the skill set to do it is a different thing altogether. And if we're getting upset at them because uh, once again, they aren't doing it, we're sending a message that it's not safe. Now, our kids do feel safe when fails and efforts are celebrated. I mean, you know, my sister-in-law, Shanna, she was celebrating every time that little girl fell off the bike. Oh my gosh, you did it so good. Like, look at that. You fell off. And it was exciting to fail, right? Like, it's exciting to be able to to fall off that bike and do it in a way that is safe and easy, right? Like, let's let's fail easy. Celebrate those first attempts, those tries, those mistakes, We really want to create an environment where we don't take fails personally, that when I screw up, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or I'm not worthy or that I'm not wanted. I was recently coaching one of our students at at our program, Techie for Life, where we mentor neurodivergent young adults. And the student really wants to get a job and has been trying for a year and a half to get a job. And the fear and the, the, the fear of rejection keeps them from even pushing the send button on, on an application or responding to an invitation to, to come interview for the job. The fear of not getting it, the fear of being rejected, the fear of not being wanted, the fear of being told no is so paralyzing to the student. And we want to mitigate that. Like, to, to get a job, you get a, you're going to get a lot of no's, especially when it's like, a first entry level job. And 
if you knew it's going to take 100 no's to get that one yes, are you willing to 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 endure those 100 no's? Well, no way if you feel like that it means something negative about you, right? If you're taking it personal that someone says no to you, you're never going to get a job and you're going to be miserable, right? In the process. But if you know that, that you're going to get no's as you try, but eventually it's, you know, that's the way we get to a yes is by working through the no's, right? Working through the, I didn't get the jobs until we get the job. It's not about us personally, but so we want to be able to send that message. And that's when safety happens is when it's not about us personally. It's just, this is what we go through to be able to, to be able to get a job. We have to learn how to get a job and we have to, and then it matches up like, you know, with the right employer to to the right job and when they want you. But if it's learning a skill, like riding a bike, there's going to be a lot of falling off the bikes before we can stay on the bike. So not taking it personally, not making it a personal thing really creates a lot of safety. And our kids also feel safe when we're in it with them, when we're in it, cheering them on in the process. And when they make those fails, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so hard. Like you really tried and, and man, that's so disappointing. I'm with you in the disappointment and it's okay. Like we're in this together. That creates so much safety. When we can have self-worth be separate from performance that that you performing and winning doesn't change your self-worth and you failing or struggling does not affect your self-worth you have worth you're you're absolutely 100% worthy and worthwhile and lovable and all those things and then let's see what we can do with that like what do we want to do in the world with our worth how do we want to show up what do we want to try what kind of fails do we want to go for. So how do we do this? How do we really create that that safety that that will help them be resilient? Well, the big big one and I we keep talking about it here, but it's accepting that fails are a part of the journey. That this is just part of the journey. That it doesn't mean if I fail now or if I fail a class or I drop out of college, you know, I fail out that I can't at some point in the future, go back and try again and maybe be successful. Fails are just a part of the journey. And maybe I don't get a degree. That doesn't mean I'm going to be a failure. Like it just means that maybe wasn't my path. Fails are just a part of the journey. We're figuring out what works, what doesn't, and we're building skills in the process. When you stop focusing on them succeeding, or that we think that if they succeed at a thing, that that's what makes us happy, and that we have to be happy, like that takes some of that pressure and demand off of them. When we can just like be relaxed about it and, you know, whether they succeed or fail is irrelevant. We're just thrilled that they're trying, that they're pursuing something, that they're engaged, that they're, that they are failing. Because if they're failing, it means that they're actually trying, they're doing something. And I think it's really important as we take some of that demand and pressure off, which feels really unsafe and scary, that we lighten things up. It's not that big a deal. It's not the end of the world. Okay, we might be out money or time. Um, It might be a little uncomfortable or disappointing or frustrating, but it's okay. We can lighten things up and dare I say, even have a little bit of fun. Have some fun with it. I love to share with my kids that when I took Algebra 2, 
think it was algebra, or no, maybe it was algebra one. That year I had a teacher that it just, it did not make sense to me. It was so hard and I got a bad score and I was the valedictorian in eighth grade. And I spoke at my, my eighth grade graduation. I was a straight A student. And then I go and I'm taking this algebra one class and I just did not do well in that class. And so the next year I took it again and I had a different teacher and I loved how she taught. It just clicked in my brain. She made it not just cold numbers, but like she would talk about it in terms of like relationships and and how numbers relate to each other. And she just it made math come alive for me. And would you believe I got an A plus like I nailed that class. But boy, that first time I took it, I failed miserably. It was terrible. It was so embarrassing. And I thought I'm never going to be good at math. Come to find out. Find you get a great teacher, sometimes you might do better in it. And I actually found that I loved math. I loved it. I loved math. It was so mentally stimulating for me that year with that teacher. It just completely changed my experience of math. I love to share that fail. And then like the cool win on the other side of that. To be able to do that, it's learning to trust the developmental process. It's learning that this failing and getting good at failing and and being a really great support when our kids fail, this is the developmental process. And when you trust that, you can lighten up, you can create safety, and you can show up for them in ways that truly help them have more resilience to keep trying. And if you struggle with this, and I say this with the utmost, like just absolute love for you. If you struggle with this, I need you to understand that this is about you. It is not about your child, teen or young adult. If you struggle with fails and them performing poorly, like that is about you because the developmental process is failing, failing forward. It's failing and learning, failing and learning, failing and learning. And then we get it down and then we start again. It is not about scoring the shot and winning the game. It is about the process of becoming a ball player and what that entails. Lots of failed shots, right? So if if you struggle with this, I need you to understand that this is a you issue, not a your kid issue, because they are going to fail. They are going to struggle. We all do. And if we're having a hard time with that, then, then there's something personal probably going on for you. Like, what are you making your child's fails mean about you as a parent? And that is some work for you to do. This is what the work I do with so many parents. So you want to get support for yourself in that. And let's not make our issue affect our kids' ability to have resilience, to be able to keep trying through those struggles and through those disappointments. It's so fun when you pick up on things like this, these little subtle changes that can make a tremendous difference in your experience of parenting and your ability to support your child's further success and increased happiness. So I hope you have an amazing week and take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com. dot